well, hello. Fancy seeing you again. Charlie here from the British English Podcast. Did you know that we are now getting into the tail end of season two, as this is episode five of season two? So the content in the Academy really is getting rather monstrous. We've probably got over 2,000 native, intermediate to advanced expressions taught for Academy members to learn in there. But I'll tell you more about the Academy and the premium podcast later on in the show. Just know that this part of this episode is the tip of the iceberg in comparison to what I have for you to enjoy as a language learner on the British English Podcast.com. All right, today's episode is with a delightful human being who is American. So a great chance for you to try and spot the differences between a British and American accent. And I met this woman. Hmm, it's weird to say woman in English, actually. It kind of suggests that she's a little older than she is. I mean, she's around my age and I'm, I'm 30, but it still feels a little bit odd to say woman. Hmm. I mean, I used to say girl, referring to an, a young adult girl. Um, yeah, for the majority of my early 20s, I would say girl. I met a girl last night. Um, or I met a girl in the day. I could have I could have met her in the day. It doesn't have to be at night. Um, what else could we say? We could say young lady, but that sounds like I'm older than her. And it often implies that I'm about to tell her off. Young lady, don't do that. Don't go out and meet young men at the early hours of the morning. No, young lady. So young woman, could say young woman or woman. For a male, the word guy, that's pretty harmless. I met this guy the other day. Easy, easy. Not offending anybody. No, no assumption of age either. You could be, I don't know, 16 onwards. Hmm. Perhaps what I'm doing wrong is focusing on the gender too much. Yeah. And then the pronoun will give you the information you need. So let's see. I met this American English teacher when I began my online English teaching journey back in 2015. And we hadn't caught up in a few years. So it was marvelous to reconnect, to hear how she's doing with her online teaching business and to give you her opinion of what it was like to visit the UK and particularly to experience going to Oxford University. Mmm, Oxford University, yes. So if you're interested in hearing about Oxford University as an international student, then this is your chance. Vanessa goes into detail about this. So enjoy. Um, I had no idea how the colleges in Oxford are organised and how intimate students get with their professors. It's fascinating. So I give you a conversation with Vanessa from Speak English with Vanessa. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome to the British English Podcast. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing great. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. I um, I forgot about how infectious your smile is. I remember that when we used to collaborate back in the day. Do you remember that? I do. Back a long time ago. Well, thank you for your kindness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, how is everything going at the moment? Like, um, it's it's been about three or four years for us since we last spoke. 
some things have changed for you, I assume. Yes. Um, no, everything is exactly, exactly <laughs> the same as before. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time we talked, I was pregnant with my first child, and yeah. now I have two. So that's changed. Wow. But I'm still teaching English online, still trucking along, uh, teaching English lessons, making YouTube videos, trying to get some breaths of fresh air in there too. So yeah, that's yeah. been what's going on. <laughs> This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Yeah, yeah, you're killing it. I also uh, really enjoyed your car vocabulary video recently. I saw oh, that yeah? one. Yeah. Did you like? Did you learn did some you like Americanisms? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Loads of different vocabulary, actually. British. Oh, yeah. American especially related vocabulary. to cars. Mm. Huh. Yeah, 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 definitely. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we don't need to go into into the exact vocabulary. But guys, if you if you're wanting to learn, then head over to that one. What do you remember the title of that video? I think it was like a hundred car words in English. Yeah. Okay. Um, I tried to semi count them to see if there was around about that many, you know, give or take a hundred. But I think that's the title. Yeah. Give or take. I used that recently. I like that expression. What does it mean? Yeah, it means we don't really say so-so, but I think a lot of English learners say that like a little bit here, a little bit there, not exactly like give or take. I ate five cookies, give or take. Like I ate about five cookies, maybe four, maybe six, maybe seven. I like your example. <laughs> give or take. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of suggesting that it might not be accurate, and that's not important right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I reached out to you uh, to, to come on here and um, potentially chat about your experience coming to the UK because you told me that you did that. You did do that, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. That was actually my first experience abroad going to the UK by myself, which was amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, and can you tell the audience where you're from and where you like identify as culture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an American from the United States. And usually when I meet someone who's not from the US, I say that I'm from the South of the US in general, mm -hmm. because I think there's not an awful lot of um, landmarks in the South. Like people know New York or Chicago, like big cities. But if you say I'm from South Carolina, you know, they might go, oh, that's nice <laughs> and not really know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, so usually I say the south of the U.S., but the strange thing is that I was born in the north. So most people who are really from the south say, Vanessa, you're not from the south. You weren't born here. You don't sound like you're from here. But I've lived in the south since I was six years old. So I feel like I'm more southern or I relate to southern culture more than I relate to northern culture even though like my grandparents live there my extended family lives in the north that's not really where I grew up so yeah. that's where I still live is in the south of the U.S. but now I live in North Carolina not South Carolina I've moved very far <laughs> <laughs> okay and is there a big difference between the cultures the south and the north Carolinas um people would say yes yeah <laughs> I think there's often a lot of southern rivalry between states so 
every state, every city almost, or every region within the South has a really strong sense of this is what our city is like, or especially when you hear people imitating Southern accents, people will be very offended by saying, no, that's just like uh, a specific accent from this part in Alabama. That's not how people sound in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. That's not how people in the mountains in North Carolina, like where I live, that's not how they sound. And it's, there's a lot of, uh, I'm sure this is the same in the UK, but there's a lot of regional differences. Um, if any listeners are interested, there's a great YouTube channel called It's a Southern Thing. And it's all about specific things in Southern culture. So this kind of accent idea or tons of different cultural concepts. They're all like little funny three minute videos about Southern culture. And almost every single one of those that I see, I think, Oh yeah, I get it. It's funny to me because I relate to that, even though some people would say I'm not really Southern. <laughs> oh, do you feel like they uh, they don't they don't have permission to say that, or do you kind of agree with them? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it makes sense as far as my parents didn't cook Southern food. Um, my grandparents aren't from here, so it's not like I have the you know the family cast iron pan that's been passed down in the family that everyone cooks cornbread in like we don't have that kind of concept but you know I'm curious what my kids will will relate to like will they be more southern or be allowed to be southern because they were born here and grew up here so we'll see yeah yeah and you uh, you mentioned about the food what what's a, a typical dish in the south that you might not eat in the north um, I'd say that people eat a very typical Southern dish might be like fried chicken and okra, fried okra, everything's fried, <laughs> uh, maybe cornbread. If you're going to have uh, a classic Southern meal, that would probably be it. Um, okay. Yeah. Have, do you guys eat okra? No, I just, a, a I just Googled it. Okra. Yeah. Okay. Um, I it's kind of like a, a pod. It kind of looks like I mean, it's kind of like a green bean pod, but you can eat the whole thing. And it's kind of gooey, almost like there's a a gooeyness when you cut it and you pull it apart. Um, that seems kind of gross, <laughs> but it has like a goop inside of it. Wow. Yeah, that does sound gross. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I, I know it as ladies' fingers. Whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. How do you eat it? Or how <laughs> would you prepare like, just, that? Just the same as you eat ladies' fingers. <laughs> you, do you eat the goop? Uh, yeah, that's just part of the inner wall of the vegetable. So usually you cut the pod into a couple pieces and then fry it. But some people fry them whole and then some people don't even fry it. They'll just kind of saute it. That's right. how my in-laws cook that and it's yeah. so great okay I, I generally prefer food that's not fried maybe that's why I'm not really southern <laughs> oh yeah I think you've given away your <laughs> too healthy northernness there yeah yeah ah so you're not a, a true um southern fried chicken girl I could enjoy that but it's certainly not my go-to meal I prefer more like light or healthy food yeah yeah, I, I'm sure that That's doesn't it. score you any points in, in the South. Okay, so uh, you were a misfit to some extent, and then you decided to go over to the UK. And did you feel like uh, you had found yourself a new home, or were you just as much of a, a misfit there? Uh, 
I felt so happy when I was there. It was, I think, and for me, a, a really important time in life when I was kind of branching out on my own and doing something by myself for the first time. I wasn't just in school. I was still studying, kind of studying. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Okay. But uh, having a lot of like personal freedom to be able to, you know, I was living in a flat with some other students and just having all of that type of freedom, it felt really lovely. So I think that combined with being in a beautiful, incredible city really uh, imprinted upon me that it was a wonderful experience. Very nice. How, yeah, how positive. So uh, the city was? Oxford. And I always feel very, uh, uh, how should I say, tentative (laughs) when people say, oh, you studied abroad. Where did you study? I usually say the UK or England, because if you say I studied abroad in Oxford, it's kind of like patting yourself on the back. Like I am so smart. But in reality, all that you had to do was just sign some papers and the first like 15 people could get in. It was no type of a intellectual <laughs> skill. It was just kind of first come, first serve. As I've been letting you know, this is part of the Academy. And the Academy is where I give you part two and part three of this episode with transcripts as well. I also give you exclusive videos breaking down the language used and giving you real-life examples of how to use it. I give you pronunciation practice audios, questions to help you retain the information you are learning within these episodes, and many more things. As one Academy student said, it's like I've created a whole world of online learning in the Academy. So if you feel like you want to get more from these episodes, then head over to the website and check out the sample stuff available for the Academy for free to get a taster of what it's all about. Um, I personally think it will blow your socks off, meaning it will really surprise you and hopefully in a good way. Although I do want to say, if all you're wanting out of this is the extended podcast episodes with transcripts, then I have created the premium podcast as that is, well, it's cheap as chips really, but you get the full length of the show and the oh so useful transcripts. So we've got the free podcast, the premium podcast, and the academy. There we go. Really? And so it was, it was a, um, a system in place between your university in America and, and Oxford? Yeah, there was a study abroad program within Oxford. Um, it was kind of like a private company almost. And they had connections to a couple different universities and they allowed like 15 students or something. And I'm sure that you had to have some kind of GPA and, you know, not be like an awful person, but in reality, it wasn't what we think of when we think of Oxford, like the cream of the crop. These people are the geniuses of the world. At least that's my interpretation. When someone says they went to Cambridge or Oxford, that's like the stereotype, but that was not, why I got in <laughs> oh, I think I think you're being modest uh so your 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 mention of GPA there that gives you away your um mm. we, we don't really use that um okay. it means grade point average I've just googled right yeah yes I've, I've oh, heard okay. that a lot in in sitcoms and stuff and I was oh, a little bit what would you like, say yeah we I mean we don't 
talk about it as much in the way that you guys do because you you talk about your SAT scores a lot I think we got lots of acronyms <laughs> yeah we have we abbreviated it to SATs which was a test oh. that we would do every like three or four years in school but it was oh. never such a like a a gloating point you you just talk about maybe during the procedure you talk about your UCAS points which is the oh. yeah the points that go towards your entitlement to which university you go to okay yeah I don't think we've got it as, as much as you guys maybe it's due to your competitive nature oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna so. guess <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of things depend on your GPA too though like scholarships when you go to a college you have to maintain a certain GPA to keep your scholarships or you'll mm. lose that money that helps you pay for the school so it kind of is like a way for the organization to see, are you doing well enough to keep our money to pay yes. for the school? So there's kind yeah. of, there's a lot of stuff that depends on that. Yeah. That we think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. We do have scholarships, but yeah, I think once you've got it generally, I think mm -hmm. you keep it, but I could be wrong. Cool. I could be wrong there, but yeah. I like that. <laughs> okay. So uh, you got into Oxford cause you were a keen bean cause you <laughs> got in there very quickly and obviously your GPA wasn't too bad. So uh, you, you arrived in Oxford or did you arrive in, in one of the London airports? I want to imagine your first day landing. Yes. Oh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah, I landed in the airport and tried to find a bus. I had never, I'd never, I'd flown one time, but it was with like a school trip. I, this is the first time I'd ever flown really by myself. I'd never taken a bus before. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you have a passport before this? No, I had to get a passport for wow. this. So this is like the first time ever leaving the US. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's quite a big difference, isn't it? Americans don't really need to leave the US to have a great holiday, whereas Brits need yeah. a passport to, to fly yeah, and around. It's a pretty big trip if you leave the US. Like you have to fly pretty far, um, except yeah. for, you know, Mexico or Canada. But Mexico for us is pretty much just as far as going to Europe from where I live on the East Coast. So it's a pretty big trip if you leave the US compared yeah. to the UK. Yeah. You're pretty yeah, close to other countries. So you grow up um, with like road trip kind of holidays as a family? Yeah. Yeah. We usually just like went to the beach or went to the mountains or visited family or yeah, stuff like that. Not really traveling abroad. It's also much cheaper. But if we consider like for a family of four, if a flight to Europe costs at least a thousand dollars, if not more, you know, compared to just driving to the beach, <laughs> it's much more affordable for a family to kind of have a domestic vacation instead of international vacation. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. I wasn't um, allowed to set foot on a plane until I was about 10, which is, which is definitely reasonable, but yeah, they thought it wasn't worth, um, spending money on on us at that age we we went up to scotland and went to wales and did like camping trips a lot of camping in tents i remember mm -hmm. did you do tents mm -hmm. yeah yeah we went tent camping like once a year i think from the time i was a teenager i love that kind of stuff we do that now and it's great even okay. with kids we haven't done it with my second baby yet but hopefully this summer i think that's kind of the essence of life you're just in nature cutting out everything unnecessary suffering <laughs> especially with your own children I feel like that makes you feel 
like a real, you know, I don't want to say primitive because that's, that's negative, but just like at one with the wild. Yeah. You're like a real homo sapien. <laughs> like I'm doing this thing. <laughs> and then you have a whole car full of all your supplies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't look at that car. I'm, you know, I've got my bow and arrow. I'm yeah. good. I'm fine. I got fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you landed in um, the UK and um, yeah. So how long was your experience there? I was four months, four right. months. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that first period there, there's a lot of adjusting because uh, the system is completely different than the school system in the US. I'm not sure if this is common in the UK, but we didn't have classes. You just had two tutors and beforehand, so like a couple months before the school where I was going in the US asked me to choose two classes that I wanted to take. And I thought, okay, you're going to give me a list. And I just choose two. And they said, no, you make it up. You choose whatever you want. And I was like, this is very unusual. Okay. And I chose short stories, modern short stories, because I was studying literature, uh, modern short stories and Yiddish literature, one of my obsessions. (laughs) Yiddish. Yiddish literature, yeah, which is like generally between World War One and World War Two, the European Jewish community was writing literature in Yiddish, which is their like not religious language. So they would use Hebrew for religious situations, but this was like the mother tongue, which is what they call it, because the mothers would speak it and the fathers in the like synagogues would speak Hebrew, but this was like in the home. Anyway, I could talk for hours about Yiddish, (laughs) but I took that. And then I was so excited about it. And when I had a meeting with my, the the professor who was teaching that class, he said, I felt very um, embarrassed. He said, you are the first student who I've taught uh, this topic to who is not studying it in the original Yiddish. And I thought, oh no, (laughs) because all of the other students knew Yiddish and they came from like a Jewish background. And, or they had studied the language just to learn the literature and to kind of dive into that because that was their like life trajectory (laughs) was to do that. And for me, it was just, you know, a passion. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I chose those two classes. Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. God, I've got a lot of questions, but okay, I've got to narrow it down to one right now. Um, So is Yiddish uh, used still? Yeah. 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 So Yiddish is still still informal version. Yes. I'm not an expert by any means on like the language itself, but in that time period, like they say interwar time period between World War One and World War Two, the stories. Um, have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? This uh, musical and movie. Mm. This yes. is written by his pen name is Sholem Aleichem, 
and it's in that genre. So it's that style of story where it's kind of depicting life, the traditional life, but they often wrote those stories to as like a way to talk with other Jewish groups because they weren't allowed to have news or to share things uh, very clearly. So they would write stories and they could find out kind of like what was happening or to like preserve different struggles that were happening. Anyway, it's very uh, deep (laughs) and there's so many like symbols of uh, like Jewish history and religion and all of that in the literature. But I was apparently just the only one studying it in the translated version in English and oh, you're well. American it was still amazing. in the UK. And I'm an American. So embarrassing. <laughs> Not embarrassing, but you must have stuck out like a sore thumb. Very different, I imagine. Yeah. Well, this was actually all of the classes. It was just one-on-one with the professor. Oh. So you have a specific time uh, once a week. Yeah. You have a primary class that's once a week. And then a secondary class, which was the Yiddish one, once every two weeks. And you have like a time slot where you meet with that professor in his office for like two hours or one guy the primary guy I met with in his house um for like two hours I think per person and you go over your assignment for the week wow and that's yeah extremely (laughs) nerve-wracking this is this is very different I I think most people who go to the universities in the UK won't experience this maybe it's an Oxford Cambridge kind of thing but for for me it was like lectures every day and then you had a, a, a tutor with a form group, like mm. 10 or 12 people. And then towards the third year, or the last year for us, you'd have a professor that would lead you with your third year project, your thesis. Uh, and that would be one on one, but that would be in their office in the, le- in the university. Or the mm, that seems more traditional, like yeah. typical yeah. university college style. But I can't comment on on Oxford Cambridge because I didn't go to one of those schools. Uh, <laughs> well, they but... also did have lectures, though. Like you could choose to attend lectures based on different topics. But because I was not really there to study, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't really gung ho just... about that. Yeah, it was a pass or fail study abroad system. So if I was passing, that's kind of all I cared about. And I wasn't embarrassing myself too much in front of the professor, then I was good. (laughs) Okay, okay. But yeah, this must have been very intense for you to go to this professor's home. That seems strange to go to their home. But lovely. Yeah, my time was at tea time with him, whatever his, I forget if it was three or four o'clock for him. And his wife would make a big pot of uh, PG tips with lots of milk and sugar and we would just drink it non-stop for two hours while I did the scariest thing I've ever done <laughs> oh, what do you mean and I'm going to be an absolute bastard and leave it there for part one <laughs> terrible how terrible of me well All you Academy members, go enjoy that. And Premium Podcast members can also enjoy parts two and three of this episode. And this recording went on for over 90 minutes, I think. And I decided to include all of it as I felt like it was really nice content 
for you. So yes, for a very affordable price, you can become a premium podcast member, get access to all parts of every episode with manually edited transcripts, glossaries and flashcards. And becoming a premium member is another way of showing your support to help this podcast grow if you value the show. You can also delve deeper by becoming an Academy member and get access to the exclusive videos, quizzes, bonus content, etc. that I mentioned earlier in this episode and the weekly speaking classes. The last one we did, the students were in there for ages practicing the target language brilliantly. So if you fancy connecting with a bunch of brilliant learners and myself, then check out the Academy. Right. So part one is done. We'll say goodbye to Vanessa now, but do remember we have over an hour more in part two and three with Vanessa waiting for you over on the British English podcast.com where Vanessa tells us the scariest thing she's ever done. Uh, she reveals the truth or at least a conspiracy about Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Would you believe it? She also tells us some traveling tales, one of which includes Harry Potter and food poisoning. Oh. Um, oh, and then the differences between American and British people in her opinion. And I also give my two cents as well. So everyone listening, um, the channel, YouTube channel is uh, Speak English with Vanessa. That's it. Speak English with Vanessa. And the website is the same. Speak English same with thing. Vanessa dot com. Yep. That's it. I'll have the links in the show notes, but thank you so much, Vanessa. And uh, I look forward to potentially doing this one day in the future again. That would be great. Nice to talk to you, Charlie. Thanks All so right. much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't forget to go and grab that free worksheet that goes over some of the best language that was used in today's episode. And lastly, if you haven't tried the Academy or the Premium Podcast, there is a free sample for you to try learn a huge amount in the process of doing so and then at the end of that you can decide whether you want to continue or not simple anyway until next time happy listening my name's charlie and thank you for listening to the british english podcast <laughs>